your host, Carmilla, and this is Cat Scratch Radio, a horror podcast. Today we have author of Brat Out of Hell and the upcoming release, Curse of the Were Poodle, Paul Lubaskowski. 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 I'm just going to leave that in there for everybody <laughs> to see that I can't pronounce things. How are you today? I'm doing good. Hey, so today we want to talk about horror comedy, correct? Yes. So what is horror comedy exactly? Um, well, at, at its base, it's a solid mix of both genres, both horror and comedy. Um, it can be slapstick. Uh, Jeff Strand writes really good slapstick. It could be more cerebral comedy. I mean, I, I, I've borrowed a lot from Monty Python in my, in my career. Um, and in films, I mean, it, it's as soon as there was horror, there was horror comedy. Maybe even before, if you keep count the uh, early malaise stuff, which definitely played hard for laughs. Oh, definitely. Uh, one of the very first horror movies was a silent uh, film that was actually, it's like The Haunted Castle, I believe is what it's called. And it's, yeah. and it, it's just slapstick horror. It's very silly. That and like even in like the what we consider like the early classic films, there's always a little bit of comic relief. I mean, there's bits in Dracula. There's bits. I mean, Bride of Frankenstein has quite a bit of of comedy slipped in there. What made you decide to write horror comedy of all things? Um, <clears throat> well, I tell people it's like you have to you have to be deeply in love with both genres or it doesn't work. And when I was a kid growing up, like there was. In Philadelphia, where I grew up, there was a boom in horror. I mean, um, every Saturday we had Creature Double Feature, we had Doctor Shock, like so. We had like two choices of different films to, to watch every Saturday, and um, you know, our parents just thinking, "Well, it's it's two o'clock on a Saturday, can't be running anything bad." Then we we'll just let us watch it, and it's like, well, actually, they were running Hammer horror films, so it was like blood galore. And then on top of it, like the stand-up boom really started in the seventies. So it was like two of the things I, I love very deeply. And then, you know, then you see other authors like Pratchett with fantasy and Douglas Adams with sci-fi prove that like you can go cross genres and the more the more stuffy and the more um the more rules there are about a genre, the easier it is to be funny. That is totally fair. I like that answer. So how do you personally balance the horror aspect with your comedy when you're writing? As a general rule of thumb, I tend to keep the comedy flowing, but then there are scenes in the book where it just goes straight into horror and sticks there. Um, there's usually at least at least one or two good scenes per per novel that this is just pure horror. Like if I could, I've, if I pulled that scene out of the book and dropped it into one of my horror novels, it, it would fit in with no problems. What is one of your favorite scenes that you've ever written? Well, as far as horror, it's actually from uh, Call to the Gator God. There's a scene where the villain, well, the the over villain, as it were, um, shows up, and there's a uh, mother and her daughter, and they don't see what's behind her. But everybody else, it, but it's it's the scene is done from someone else's point of view watching it, and so she's watching these these two about to be devoured, and it's just it's 
it's a brutal brutal scene but it god it, it worked really well in the book very cool do you ever worry that the humor is going to dismiss any of the seriousness of your horror i think that, that really it, I, I guess it depends on how you write um what i mean by that is is if you make the heart the humor aspects relatable like stuff that people can see themselves in then it's not that far or hard to go over to the comedy part like i mean to the horror part you know it's like where if you're just cracking jokes and you're not making relatable characters then you could probably lose lose the ride really quickly that way but you know as long as the characters are relatable and the story is relatable even if it's funny you still have people seeing themselves in your characters so like when you turn it on, on turn the horror on they're still relating to the people the people you, you're populating your book with maybe even more so because just a minute ago everything was haha funny and now it's really not and the you know if the shift if you do it well you know it's it's watching a, a really relatable person somebody you'd like to hang out with suddenly going into this really horrific situation which if anything makes it that much worse yeah, I can see that. Uh, so what do you think of parody horror movies, like Scary Movie? Um, good for one viewing only if they're done well. <laughs> That's a good response. You know, they're not... I, I don't want to, like, bag on what anybody does, but... Like, <clears throat> you watch something like Scary Movie, and it's like, there's a couple of, you know, there's a couple of decent jokes in there. It's a solid time killer. You never need to see it again. Yeah, I could see that. You know, at so, the same time, you can flip around like a, a film that's done just what I was saying with relatable characters, and it turns up the horror, if anything. Like Shaun of the Dead, the, the characters are totally relatable. Mm -hmm. They're pe people you can see, and the, it makes the jokes land, and it makes the horror land that much better, because you're into the people. You're invested. You've become invested in the character and how they do, and so anything that happens past that, you have a much harder, re a much more realistic reaction to it. So, what's one of your favorite horror comedy movies or books? Um, movies. I'm always going to go with Young Frankenstein. Oh, just good because choice. the love. Again, what I said, you got to kind of love both genres. Mm -hmm. The the love and care that was put into that, the obvious the obvious fact that they adored, especially um, Bride of Frankenstein, it, it's so obvious in the movie because I mean the details are just so perfect and everything is just done with such attention to detail that you could you can feel that they're not making they're not mocking they're 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 having having a joke. There, yeah. and there's a real difference like if you can see you know it when you see it between somebody mocking something and somebody going you know that's actually kind of funny there you know and the the difference is really noticeable and there's again you can feel in young frankenstein they really really adored what their source material for it um so that's always a favorite as a as a film um god there's like I read a lot of horror comedy because it's the genre I write in. So, you know, always want to pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Um, I love the Christopher Moore's uh, You Suck trilogy is really good or um, th his vampire trilogy. Um, 
really liked um, Married with Zombies by Jesse Peterson. And Jeff Strand is probably the only author I know that can do that can do slapstick because slapstick is such a visual medium mm -hmm. that when it's written, it just it tends to fall flat. And Jeff's stuff it surprisingly doesn't. I think it's because he's also got like some quick quips in there and stuff that that and also believable characters that invest you a little more. But like. I, th I think out of everybody I've seen try to do some form of, of slapstick in writing, his, his is the only stuff that actually lands. Let's see that. That sounds really... I haven't read any of those books. So I have to write them down and look into them. I just started reading horror comedy recently. Um, I got introduced to it through um, another author that I know that wrote the series Ghost Punch, which is about a girl who can punch ghosts. And um, it's really, it's really good. I love the use of like puns and like trying to laugh off your traumas and stuff like that. But yeah, I feel like it's really relatable because a lot of people use humor to deflect. Well, that's, I'm, when I, I was on the horror comedy um, uh, panel for Stoker last year. And that's one of the things I, I pointed out. It's like, well, what are the two ways we deal with trauma? We either laugh or cry. You know, yeah. I mean, those are those are our two go-to's as people, and so like you either have the trauma of horror, or well, it's it's really close to wanting to crack a joke. And I think in every group, there's always somebody in a horrible situation that cracks a joke. And hi, I am that person. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> no matter what happens in life, there's always there's always a funny aspect to it. You know, it's just, and if anything, it. I think it lessens the blow of everything to just crack a joke. It's, it, you know, if you can, it kind of reduces it, you know, it doesn't like, we, we have a tendency as people to like blow things up and blow things up in our head and they get bigger and bigger and worse and worse. And if you crack a joke, you kind of shrink it back down a little bit again. Yeah. It's like humbling the situation. You know, it's how um, stranger in a strange land um, has a bit about laughing it's like the character the main character the man from mars can't understand humor and can't understand laughter for like the entire book and then he finally gets it it's like it, it's not a good thing in and of itself it's our reaction to a bad thing to make it better yeah i can see that for sure uh i know it's something that i do regularly to cope with traumas or anything bad that happens like if I don't laugh at it, then I'm going to be crying. So I'd rather laugh at it. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Polish and gallows humor is, well, that's something we specialize in. And if, <laughs> if, if your country was right between Germany and Russia, you, you'd specialize in gallows humor too. You know what? That is definitely fair. I can see that. Uh, so how do you implement comedy into your horror? What do you do specifically? Um, I tend to, I t tend to be a very, like, I guess there's different schools of thought on, on writing, writing comedy. I tend to go, I tend to go through for, for the Monty Python, um, quick witted, like, I guess it all goes back to the Marx brothers, like the, the argument between the Marx brothers and, and the three stooges. And I was always on, on team Marx brothers. So I try to put like, just quick-witted lines, observations, um, 
you know, and that, that actually, I think, in a way, not only does it make you laugh, but it also makes the uh, the lead character relatable if he's pointing out something funny in life that, well, if you look at it, yeah, it is funny. You know, like I, one of my favorite thing comments to make is, you know, ab about the uh, supermarket checkout line. It's like, you know, if you look at the tabloids, everybody's always, always valiantly fighting on their deathbed. None of these rich people are like, you know, happily in Jamaica right now. You know, I want to read that headline on in in the Inquirer for once. That's true. I think a, a lot of news is very much shock value. The more horrible it is, the more horror, like more people look into it. But and I literally just did an interview on true crime with another author, and I was talking about the fascination of true crime and how how obsessed we are. And I almost wonder if the way our news media pushes it on us has anything to reflect on that i think also i mean it's part of part of what makes horror so su successful is it takes the darkest darkest things and turns it into escapism you know i mean horror is its own fantasy it's just it's a different genre it's it's escapism in and of itself and it's kind of a, a way of laughing at the dark you know, and I wonder if like our fascination with true crime is as long as it happens over there, like it's fascinating over there. If it if it happened in my neighborhood, then less fascinating. Yeah, then but it's it, terrifying. Yeah, but then it's like it's our way of like knowing that stuff is out there, but kind of, again, reducing it somewhat by by turning it into like true crime and and something to to obsess over rather than what it really is, which is like, you know, a very terrifying few minutes. Yeah, definitely. So what got you into writing horror, horror comedy? Well, um, I think seeing other authors like hit their genres and it's just like, you know, horror's always been like my favorite genre of, of film or, or reading. And it's like watching other authors do the same to their genres just made me think, you know, horror, like I've been reading horror since I was reading Poe when I was a little kid. And there's a lot to, to gently poke fun at. And if anything, I think like the juxtaposition makes it easier to get laughs or at the same time, like take a, a happy scene and like really go with it to, into, into nasty. And it's like I was watching like, you know, when I was a teenager, um, the Hitchhiker's Guide hit um, really big. Um so there's sci-fi and then there's like Terry Pratchett, like just did fantasy. And then John Stalsey has also done sci-fi. And, you know, I just, it was like, well, why not go after my own sacred cow and, and go, go for uh, horror. I mean, I also write a lot of horror, but I definitely have more fun when I'm writing horror comedy. You know, I would suspect that you would. <laughs> it comes with the territory. I think I think I, I think you get because you you humanize the characters to be able to tell jokes. You also you get into the characters, and that makes it easier to flow. Yeah, I I call it my funky flow when I'm writing, and I get kind of into that zone. Yeah, and it's like because because I've humanized them with cracking jokes and stuff. It's like. I'm really into these characters, and then like it's just easier to get into the flow. I mean, it's like. 
I enjoy writing horror, but as often as not, the characters are so doomed and I already know it that I try to almost keep my mental distance from them. That, yeah, I, I've made myself cry by killing off some of my characters before. I'm very sensitive about that, but sometimes oh. I think that you kind of have to, you know, no, no tears in the um, author, oh, no my... tears in the reader. Oh my god, I uh, I reread one of my books recently because I decided that I had an idea for a sequel. So I like I sat down and read it as you know took a, a bought a copy like you know regular copy sat down and read read it in bed before I went to bed as as a reader. And in this case, a character does die in, it and I was just oh my god, I was beside myself sitting there in bed going oh my god, why would I do this? Why did I kill that character? I meant. I'm an a-hole. Yeah, I read one of my friend's horror novels and I got really attached to a side character and I was regretful forever after that. Yeah, it's, I like I, said, I don't really go back and read a lot of my stuff. Like I, I kind of have been lately, but in this case it's because I had an idea for a sequel and I really wanted to find my headspace again for that book. You know, because every book has, it has its own headspace and its own flow and to get back into that exact kind of flow that I was in for that book, I, I figured the best way to do it is just reread the the first one. And yeah. then on top of it, um, I had a uh, Brad out of hell has an audible and I, I just never gotten around to listening to it all the way through. And which is a shame because I mean, the narrator is great. It's uh, Morgan C. Jones who starred in um, boys from County hell and game of Thrones is my is the narrator and it's just i just you know time mm. but i've been doing a lot of driving lately so i you know i i listened listened to that and it's like it's actually kind of gratifying it, it's nice to be reminded that like i actually can write and i do know what i'm doing because there's plenty of time as a writer to just sit there and go i don't know what i'm doing i'm a fraud <laughs> i think we all go through that with every book every time we're writing something new it's like we've forgotten how to write completely, even though we just finished a novel. My big one is I'm always convinced I'm never going to be as funny as the last book. Uh, you're not going to be able to outdo yourself. Yeah, I, I like and like, yeah, I joked about it after, after I read Witches, and I'm like, well, I went for I, I I've convinced myself I I at one point did know how to write. Now I've also convinced myself I will never be that funny again, and I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> So when it comes to horror and horror comedy, where do you think it's going in the next five years? Horror comedy is is a difficult one to call because right now the big um, the big houses like they know they they need somebody who writes horror comedy, but they don't recognize horror comedy. Hmm. Um, so they tend to, they tend to put out a lot of stuff that's soft horror, and there's nothing wrong with soft horror, and I'm not saying there is. But they put out stuff that is soft horror, and it's it's not horror comedy. It's like you know, if <clears throat> if the average Sean and McGuire um, encrypted book makes you you chuckle more more than the quote unquote horror comedy, it's not horror comedy. You know, it's soft horror. And I keep waiting for the big houses to just start signing authors that are at like like can legit write that genre. And they keep putting out soft horror and calling it horror comedy. I mean, you know, who knows? Sooner or later, it, it might get through to them. And it's like, 
wow, you know what? We sold more copies when it was John dies in the end than we did with, um, not going to hit anybody, but, you know, any of these other books, you know, and because that's why they're looking for those books and those authors. They want another John dies at the end or Christopher Moore. I mean, he sold a ton of books, but they're not signing authors like uh, David Wong or Christopher Moore. They're signing people, uh, they're, they're signing books that are, I mean, they're nice enough soft comic, soft horror books, but they're, they're really not funny, mm. you know, and horror right now, horror is, is going through a big, um, a big splatter boom right now. Um, and I have to say that's fine. Cause I've got, I've got a book coming. That's, that's full splatter. That's under a, uh, pseudonym. Cause I, I do have fans and I don't want to drop that on them. Um, and, you know, I think it all comes around. I think Gothic will, will have another swing probably at some point, probably some point soon. Because, like, you know, we've gone way out there with Splatter and eventually there's going to be, like, only so far it, it can go or people will get bored with it. And then it'll swing to something else. And it's been a while since it's been Gothic, so I, I, that would be my, my guess. So with the coming up soon, uh, what do you think of the new Thanksgiving movie? Uh, I don't know what to think. I I, mean, I, I don't either. <laughs> Eli Roth is such a hit or miss director with me. Um, like, I again, he's just such a hit or miss director with me, and it's like which Eli Roth shows up. Um, you know, it, I really liked um, oh, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, I liked I liked Green Inferno. I know a lot of people didn't, but I liked it because I I I took it as the homage it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, an homage to those Italian um, cannibal films from the late seventies and the early eighties. And I watched all of those when I was a teenager because they were the nastiest things you could possibly get your hands on. Um, and but then again. Like I never, I never really enjoyed Hostel. Fair. I, I, Me I, either. <laughs> I, I thought it was just, it was so by the numbers, like, and I just didn't care about anybody in it. Yeah, um, my biggest problem with Hostel was that they didn't develop any of the characters, and it was torture for torture's sake. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's it's like the generic teen horror movie characters. You know, you have like you know everybody like just kind of fit their role and that's as, that's as far as we went we we got got to know them as like interchangeable with a dozen other cheap horror film characters and not, never got to know anything about them and then just did stuff to them for a while yeah so i have to ask obligatory uh what is your favorite scary movie and why Yeah, and I never have a good answer for that. I I think I'll, I mean, well, part of it is I don't really get frightened by films. I think it's probably because, well, Creature Double Feature and Hammer films when I was eight. Um, you know, when you're an eight-year-old and you watch Peter Cushing get it, get his arm lopped off in uh, Island of the Damned, eh, well, it sort of sets a standard. Um <laughs> But I will say, I, a film I will always love because it was the last film that really, really scared me, and I mind you, I was dying, um, was Dracula, Prince of Darkness. 
and there's an opening sequence where um, the one character is suckered down into the basement to be like the newly resurrected Dracula's first meal. And that scene scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. And since then, I've always had a deep-seated love of that film. Uh, and it's, it's Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, and how can you yeah, go wrong there? True. I've always loved the Dracula movies in general. I think they do a really good job with the, the horror elements when it comes to Dracula movies. It, the Nicolas Cage movie uh, about Dracula that came out, I can't remember what it's called. It's horror Renfield. comedy. Renfield, that's right. Have you seen that one? Yeah. What did you think? Because I liked it, but like I probably wouldn't watch it again. I liked it. I, I didn't love it. Um, the horror comedy of, from last year that I, I loved was Cocaine Bear. Yes, Cocaine Bear was uh, an excellent addition to the horror comedy list, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I the very first Funko I ever, I've ever bought in my life was the bear with the leg <laughs> well somebody's got everybody's got to start their funko collection somewhere yeah now now i'm now i'm moving on to a, a mad max trio <laughs> they, they they have a lord humongous and a wes from uh road warrior funko so well i want them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have the entire collection of the pride and prejudice and the zombies uh pop pop funkos that's that's a funny book in that it well it works really well as a film i like oh the yeah film. the book it's it's like the joke doesn't doesn't it, it's it's a fine joke to carry a movie with but it mm -hmm. a book is so much longer and it it, it takes so much long, you know more time to read mm -hmm. and the joke didn't seem to hold up as long yeah no i think the movie very few movies are better than the book, but I definitely felt the movie was better than the book in this case. Yeah, every once in a while, like it's, a, it's I, I almost always I note them because it's it's rare that the the book is it isn't vastly superior. Like um, I always point out the ruins, um, just because in the ruins you should have it figured out within a hundred pages what's going to happen. But it's a 440 page book so that's 300 and some odd pages of torture porn Oof. you know but in a film that's like you know an hour and a half well mm -hmm. that idea lasts plenty of time for an hour and a half yeah that that makes a lot of sense it explains why a lot of horror translates well to movies well, especially explains why a lot of horror novellas can be made into movies because you don't need that huge series of ideas to carry a, a film the way you do a book. So, you know, if you've got a 30,000 word novella, you've actually got more, probably more than enough plot to carry a film. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to books, what are three books that you would recommend that people start with, with horror comedy? Um... Well, any one of the the Vampire Trio um, by Christopher Moore, I personally like. You suck. Um, uh, Wolf Hunt by Jeff Strand. That's a that's a definite. Um, especially his. Like I said, he's he's the only guy I really see that that makes slapstick work. Um, yeah, I probably go Married with Zombies by Jesse Peterson. I mean, there's, there's a zombies. 
Um, yeah, she wrote this great um, horror comedy series, and then she quit to go write uh, romance. And that's not the that's not the only time um, somebody who really had a great feel for horror comedy like stopped writing it. Um, Jim McDaniel wrote a book called The Unattractive Vampire, and it's hilarious and it's it's really well paced and it's it's got good character development and then he's never written another book huh that's yeah. really interesting because uh, i guess there is the truth to that some people only have one book in them <laughs> it, it must be because i mean he it was a great book and you know i i used to follow him on twitter and he like works on uh play scripts and hasn't hasn't even so much to suggest that there might be another book coming oh wow so wrapping up here where can my listeners find you online uh well facebook is usually the easiest place especially with what's happened with what used to be called twitter yeah <laughs> uh yeah I, I honestly i the only reason i still have a twitter is because my my son likes to d uh dm me that's so fair. I mean, you know, it, it, and Blue Sky doesn't doesn't have DMs yet. So, uh, but yeah, I um, Amazon like most of my books are for sale pretty much so everywhere. I like you know Barnes and Noble has has a bunch of my books. Uh, so does Books a Million, and overseas same. Um, but yeah, uh, Facebook. I I've got um, my author page and I've got my personal page, and I usually friend people through in my my personal page. And I do have a website, um, but honestly, you can get most of the stuff that goes on the website. You can get that first from my Facebook page because I update them all at the same time. And if they're going to read your books, which which one would you suggest they start with? Well, probably the upcoming Curse of the Werepoodle, which is coming out next month. Um, but other than that, it's, I think it depends on what region you're from. Um, if you're from the Appalachian region or the south, uh, the Wild Witches of West by God. If you're from the north, because uh, that's set in uh, West Virginia. And if you're from the northeast, probably I Never Eat Cheesesteak, which is set in Philly, and it's been described as the most Philly book ever. So I'm like originally from Philadelphia and I've lived the last 18 years in West Virginia. Very cool. Thank you so much for coming on Cat Scratch Radio. I've had a really great time listening to you tell me all about horror comedy. I learned some things that I had no idea about and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, of course. You've been listening to Cat Scratch Radio, a horror podcast with your host, Carmilla Mays, also known as Matu C. Lawrence. If you want to find me on social media, just look up MX Carmilla.